heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. With all these decisions and activities that we've been seeing with the Supreme Court, pretty active season, you would agree with me there, I'm sure, my fellow Americans. And, uh, you know, the, the thing that resonates with me, and we sure surely spotlighted this over the weekend as well, is the Tenth Amendment. And I, and I want to bring your attention there and really use that as a framework, if you will, for the conversation we'll have today. This is one of the most important amendments that is so lost in, in today's world. Uh, and, and let's refresh, let's let's remind each other, please, of the importance of this 10th Amendment. And, you know, it, and it spotlights a lot of these decisions that the Supreme Court has, has made. And, and as always, much of this is out of context uh, within the media world and the social media world, and the ignorance runs amok out there. And we'll continue to do so. And all we can do is continue to correct the record, correct the record, and we will do that here on America Out Loud here. So welcome in again here to the voice of a nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and always a privilege to be with you, my, my fellow Americans. Uh, so 10th Amendment, straight out. What does it mean? Well, let me just read it right, right from the framers. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. You see, the people. It is we, the people. That's what made this framework so unique. And it's what made the Constitution the document that it is. So what the framers seen with all this is that this was a way to prevent a runaway government. It was the way to prevent a dictators getting in there and building a, a more robust, big government runaway uh, train, which is what we have. It's, it's clearly what's happened. So there's not enough attention put on to the validity of uh, our Bill of Rights, but this 10th Amendment, I think, is key. You know, if we could get this right, right here, I, I'll tell you, the truth be told, this would solve a lot of problems in our country, right here, this 10th Amendment. It would bring the power back to the people. It would bring the power back to the states, back to local, back to we the people, because you then have the power to elect and to do those things locally of that fits and serves your needs. You see the power of that, how important that is? And as we say, with the federal government, well, they have a point in this. They're the, they're the glue, the connectivity. I mean, it's national security. It's keeping our country uh, you know, clear, clear and free and safe. That's what it was all about. I mean, all 50 states, the United States of America. So it's 50 different entities that agree this is the way we're going to go. That was always the vision here of the framers of this magnificent uh, experiment called the United States of America, you see? So the 10th Amendment, it says that the federal government only has those powers delegated in the Constitution, period, end stop. You, you, you have that? If it isn't listed there, it belongs to the states or to the people. 
Okay, so there was a lot of confusion over the past 10 days with the Supreme Court. And it's not real complicated, friends. I mean, okay, I mean, the Second Amendment and the right to carry and bear arms is in the Constitution. Do you understand? Everybody got that? It's in there, man. It is our Second Amendment. The framers knew how important that was. It's from a tyrannical government. They knew what they were doing when they pulled away from England and the king and the, the bureaucracy that laid there. They, that's what this was all about. And so that's clearly in the Constitution. And they ruled uh, accordingly with the right to carry. You see, that was big. It was huge. The abortion debate. Well, a lot of people on the Marxist left are suggesting the media heads are, well, what happened there? Why do they do one and not the other? Well, guess what? It's not complicated. Abortion is not in the Constitution. The framers did not set out to say, and nor did they think we were going to uh, murder uh, 63 million Americans since Roe v. Wade. They had no vision of that either, by the way. I mean, we, we, we've killed a whole country plus. I mean, not the size of our country today, but surely that's a lot of people, the future generations that have been murdered in the womb. And you can think whatever you want about that and the, the right to choose and all of that. Or, but the point is, it's not in the Constitution. And so that comes back to states' rights, the 10th Amendment. So that's as clear as you can make it, you see? We, we have to know the parameters of the debate and what we're talking about right now. I'd like to bring onto the program right now, a gentleman who you met on the weekend on Viewpoint this Sunday. And it is Dr. Mark Shearwood. Uh, he is, I believe, a, a voice uh, for the future, for sure, of our country. It's the kind of people we need. Uh, and you'll see that as you listen to today's program. Uh, so Dr. Mark Shearwood is a Christian conservative. He's running for governor in Oklahoma, by the way. Uh, he is a defender of these documents I just speak to you about, and surely our Second Amendment rights. Uh, he has a, a terrific career in law enforcement uh, and at the Functional Medical Institute, helping thousands of patients. He is uh, a remarkable voice, and we'll get into some of those. And, and I think what's interesting about today is we'll lay out the framework. Of, you know, a lot of people love what DeSantis has done in Florida, and they love the fact that he has gotten into the face of the federal government. He's exercising his 10th Amendment, for sure. And that's sort of the framework of where I'd like to have some of this conversation today. And we'll get into... Uh, you know, that Mark's uh, website and some of the various issues that are so relevant to all of us today and why we need to talk about these. Uh, so Dr. Mark Sherwood, welcome again here to America Out Loud and to the voice of a nation, sir. Malcolm, thanks for having me. I'm super honored to be with you again. Thank you so much. It is uh, surely my privilege uh, to have you and to, to be able to spend some time with you and get your thoughts and, uh, and, and talk about these things that you've seen as a vision for not just Oklahoma, but for these United States of America, the, the country we all love with great passion and our nation. It's what connects us all as a people, really, and we need to get back to that, surely. Now, 
Let's let's start with this. Uh, as we come through some of this in the framework, the Tenth Amendment, Mark, why don't you take a minute? And because this is so lost, and I, you know, I just gave a brief description up front about why this is so important, and keeping it simple enough. But I mean, this Tenth Amendment, I think it's what ails us today is that they forget this exists. And the federal government continues to empower themselves. They're like a 900-pound gorilla that just keeps feeding itself and growing and growing and growing and growing. How important is this 10th Amendment? And how do we open up Americans' eyes to understand the validity of states' rights versus a runaway federal government? Well, I appreciate the way you frame that at the onset and intro into this program. And I was explaining it like this recently to a group of people. Um, The 10th Amendment, in a nutshell, describes the idea that the states actually form the federal government to do things that they couldn't do. Um, And Congress powers are laid down in Article 1, Section 8, and there's only 18, and that's it. So uh, that's important to understand. So the states, therefore, and the people sort of in this relationship, Malcolm, represent the parent, and the federal government represents the child. (laughs) And the child now has been given the keys to a Maserati uh, and it doesn't have a driver's license. That's kind of how you have to look at this. And so there's irresponsibility. We've continued now to feed this beast, if you will. And now the child, who is very immature, I'm using this as an analogy, of course, is, is given control over the parent, which is the wrong way around. And because of that, we have this epitome of dysfunction. And now we've got to get back to this 10th Amendment where we, the people, retain the power. And that's the checks and balances, as you've mentioned. If we get the other way around, in the analogy I gave you, the child becomes a leader over the parent, and that never works well. Well, that is just a fantastic explanation that people can grab onto, uh, Mark, and really understand what you're speaking about. It puts it in a, a really great context. You know, the thing I try to remind people of all the time is that it was we the people, it was the states that created the federal government. It wasn't the other way around. They didn't create the states. It's the states who created them. But in in, in hindsight, it seems we created a monster, Mark. <laughs> well, we did. Um, you know, what you feed, and this is just a life lesson for all of us, what you feed the most will either become something that blesses you or something that consumes you. And we have fed something that has absolutely consumed us. And if we go back to the, the preamble of the Constitution and we understand that we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, mm-hmm. establish just, justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. And, and that's the whole idea, the first three words, we the people. And instead, now we have a situation that's we, the government. And boy, we have got to get a hold of this, Malcolm, right now, because our country is perilously on the edge of getting overran from our own ignorance or laziness or however we want to put that. We have got to get this back to the forefront of our minds and education into our minds and hearts so that we begin to walk forward with the vision that our founders had so that we can maintain this idea of this republic. And if we don't, 
We are doomed, and I'm not trying to be overdramatic, but we are if we don't get a hold of this one principle right here. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you say the way you say it there, because I, I do think, uh, and I, I've, I've really got this clear in my mind, this 10th Amendment is, and I don't hear much about it out there, but to me, it's, it's the glue. It's the glue on this whole thing and where we're going wrong today, that if we can remind Americans and back to your point of the child and the parent and the Maserati, I think this explains a whole lot right now. And it's like it's like a lot of these politicians in D.C., they you know, the framers vision was that people went to serve and then they served and then they went home again. Now what happens, Mark, is they get up into Washington, D.C., and they stay there forever, and then they leave there. When they do leave there, mostly, most in all cases, they leave there with an oxygen tank and in a wheelchair, just about. Uh, And they stay there till they can't function anymore, or be, you know, even now today, some of them can't function well. Uh, They're well into their 90s, with no do, not taking any disrespect from, you know, senior people, but there's a point in time for all this. And I, I think a lot of these cats, they, they serve there as a career. They don't serve for the purpose of what the framers envision. That's one of the problems, isn't it? It really is. When you look at what's happened with our federal government, the politicians go there and they become multi-millionaires and they get all this money, fame, exactly. influence, and power. And all of us need to understand that that temptation for money, fame, influence, and power is really at the heart of all of us as human beings. And so this is why our framers did not want this is because of that temptation right there. They knew that if you allowed that to occur, it would become tyranny in its purest form. And so there was these checks and balances. And what you see now is instead of a politician, in my case or anybody else's case, go serve your country, go serve your state locally, in whatever capacity you're supposed to, you're called to. Service is really, Malcolm, to use a great analogy again, it's about seeing how many people's feet you can wash, really, as opposed to having somebody wash yours. And we got this idea now where the the rich politician comes in with this idea that they deserve all this respect, but the whole meaning of that word deserve is to unserve them. And so we've got to stop this idea and go back to the service mentality. The common man, the statesman, the stateswoman, go serve, do your job. And then when you get done, term limit out, that should be clear. When you get done, go back to your job, working, being um, the local farmer, the local rancher, the local business owner, whatever you do, that was the intent not what we have right now. Right. It, it was the intent, but it's it's lost. And I think what, what really uh, unsettles me, Mark, is that uh, we, the people, I often say, we seem to send the worst of us, number one. And, and I, again, I, it may sound disrespectful, but in many cases, it's not, not, not anything is exclusive here. I'm not saying it's a hundred percent, but we do seem to ten, um, send those people who, uh, uh, well, they um, 
the offensive to the point you just made. They egregiously do the kinds of things you do. So let's face it, these politicians who are multi-millionaires many times over, you can't get there on your salary of what they're being paid. It's clearly all of the uh, quid pro quo that's going on and, you know, that the... Um, a lot of this is hidden from the American people. They don't really understand what's going on. And then these people become the betters. They think they're the betters of the rest of us. Why is it, do you think? And I, and I, I often, well, I think you just hit it a minute ago, actually. Greed, 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 greed. It, it, it is a core deal in human beings. You're exactly right. Somehow we get to the point where we think it doesn't matter anymore, or we think we are better than others, or we think that we're entitled somehow. But why is it there are so many of we the people? Because these are our representatives. So you think about it in simple terms. Why are there so many of we the people who get caught into that trap? I, I, I guess the only answer is it's a human condition somehow. And I think we're all susceptible to that possibly. Or, or how, do we, how do we separate the, the wheat from the chaff here? I guess I'm asking you, Mark. No, you're right. It is a human condition in all of us. The the insatiable desire for something that does not provide satisfaction for anything is in all of us. This this greed, this gluttonous behavior. And when we we taste a little bit of that, we're going to want more of it. Mm. And, and this is why it's important that people have persons around them. They're going to hold them accountable. And that word accountability is left out of the discussion, too, because we know that if a person's accountable to a group of of people, peers that are going to keep them in check. That's the purpose, right? Now we have these rogue politicians out of control. The only person they're accountable is to themselves. And that in and therein lies a huge problem today. You know, in my life, I fully admit, and my wife knows this, we've talked about this, that the idea of money, fame, power, influence, prestige, that is a temptation for us. And we've voiced that. We've acknowledged that. And because of that, the acknowledgement of it, that's what keeps us in check, right? And right. so we hold each other accountable. And I made the commitment way back when, even before getting into politics, that I was going to continue to meet with the people. Mm -hmm. For example, how are you going to represent the people and the people going to have the privilege of holding you accountable if you don't go out and speak with them and meet them, right? And today we have a lot of people in uh, these federal and even state offices that become untouchable. You can't talk to them. They won't return your call, et cetera. And they don't do anything that the constitution says. And, and I think that this constitution, which I keep in my suit, back, suit pocket, my, in my pocket all the time, I refer back to it as a checks and balance for myself because I want to make sure that I'm following this document well, because I believe this document personally is a divinely inspired document that lends itself as a blueprint for us with accountability, accountability with this checks and balances in here. And so it goes right back to the thing that you said a few moments ago, the 10th amendment is really an amendment about accountability. You know, I, I use a simple rule, Mark, in my life, uh, back to the uh, point where you and your wife were talking and, and the whole greed thing and what have you. The, and the simple rule I tend to use is 
always do the right thing. So there's a high road and a low road. And if you always remind yourself to do the right thing, no matter what, uh, you tend to fall at the top of the conversation. Uh, and there are things that happen sometimes in our lives that uh, we sometimes get a, uh, an inkling to, well, be sarcastic or a smart ass or something rather than do the right thing. But I think if you tend to have a basic principle like that, it keeps you clear. In other words, a lot of the times in business, when you're successful or you're successful, whatever you're doing, whether it's a doctor or a salesman or, or a, a, a auto pot shop, it doesn't matter. You, you tend to uh, get lost in all of that. And you, you, you tend sometimes to forget the purpose of what doing the right thing really is. But if you use that as a metric to measure yourself and what you're doing, it sort of keeps you out of trouble, I find. And, and even when, like, uh, it, when you put money first, like a lot of times things will happen in my life where, um, you know, um, okay, so if money is your guide in principle, you'll, I think you'll always get into trouble. See, I don't ever use money as my guide in principle, so I'm never for sale. Uh, I use my principle as a principle, and I always figure money will take care of itself, and the good Lord will take care of all of that. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen, and but I'm going to make the right decision, no matter what that decision is, and if it costs me, it costs me, and that's kind of a principle I've had all my life, no, certainly not perfect, but I think it's kept me out of a lot of trouble, Mark. Well, it certainly will, and it certainly has. I've said this before, is, is that money and provision, prosperity, blessings, etc., always follows good decisions that shape your character. You flip that around, pursuing money does not always equate to character and does not always lead to good decisions. And it's like, even in our business, our lives, Malcolm, we have made a point. And I think this is a good perhaps a principle for even our listeners all around the world right now is when you're speaking with someone, that person you're speaking with right now, we want to make them feel that they're the most important person in our world right now. Amen. We need to be honorable with, if we say we're going to call somebody, we call them. If we say we're going to show up, we show yeah. up. I've had many opportunities in my life, you know, being, somewhat of a public fig figure where if I gave my commitment, I was going to be somewhere yep. and I knew there was going to be 50 people, right? It wasn't going to be a big crowd, but then three days before this 50 person gathering, I get an opportunity to go speak in front of 5,000. Well, what's the right principle? The right principle is to honor your word and tell the 5,000 that already had a, an engagement and, and Malcolm, I have done that for the last better part of my adult life. And sometimes doing the right thing yeah. might not be the popular thing, but Malcolm, it's always the right thing. And you can go to sleep at night. You don't have to sleep with a bunch of wounds in your heart, knowing you did people wrong. And there's peace behind that. And I do believe that the, following symptoms of that are exactly what you said provision and wealth and it's not about the amount it's about what you need and i've never been without anything based upon living in those principles yeah 
you know, listeners, you, you, you're hearing this conversation here and you, you might be thinking, you know, how's it relevant to our 10th Amendment and to our nation and our Constitution and who we are as a people? And it is probably the most relevant conversation we could potentially have on this point uh, because we're getting lost in the weeds and the people, what I say to you all the time out there, we're, many times we're sending the worst of us to DC, sadly, we're not sending the best of us. I think people get lost and sometimes they get up into DC uh, or they start to head that way with the right idea or the mission, but then it gets lost almost immediately. And they they succumb and they become part of the system, Mark, is what happens. And that that's a sad state. Now, in the case of something like, you know, it's funny, I remember when uh, I, I, I'm going to use this as a quick example of the governor of Florida right now, Ron DeSantis, because he, he came up on the weekend in our conversation as well. And what's interesting uh, about him is even when he was in Congress, uh, he kind of stayed true to who he was from what I could tell. I never seen him really get bought off from the system. Now, I don't know everything about him and surely someone could point me wrong in a particular case. Uh, I, I don't know that they could or couldn't, but I'm saying the, the public um, uh, f- face that he has out there is that he's not afraid to get into um, what he sees as being wrong for our country in the face of the feds, I guess, in this particular case, Mark. And we don't have enough governors like that. We touched on that in our earlier conversation. We don't have enough like that. And that's part of, I think, a driving principle with you, uh, that you seem to be one of those. And when I look at a lot of the issues you're up against, you're kind of going against the, the system, going against the grain, going against what a lot of people deem popular. But a lot of these policies are getting us in trouble as a nation. We need more people like that. How do we attract more people like that, including yourself, to the position of governorships and in Congress as well? This is, this is a tricky road. It is. And hopefully, you know, even our conversation right now will inspire someone or someone's to step up and say yes to that call. You know, I look back at the Declaration of Independence, Malcolm, where 56 people signed that document and 56 people. That's it. Not 5,600 and certainly not 500,000 plus. No, 56. And so there is a few people that step up and lead, and they lead on behalf of both the people and the future. And that is all we've wanted to do. And with that said, the 10th Amendment, the very idea of the state sovereignty, Governor DeSantis has done a really nice job. I commend him. And with that said, I believe with all of my heart, the most critical agenda facing the survivability and the thriveability in the future of our country again is this amendment where the states have to push back and hold the federal government at bay. And Governor DeSantis has done that. I also am cut from that cloth. I will. I am that way. And there are other men and women out there that are that way as well. Let's face it, we need to get involved, run for public office, And the more we do that, the more momentum and the more motivation it will give other people as well. This is a movement that needs to go back Mm. into the hands of the people with a lot of education, just like we're doing right now, because 
if we can regain the principles and the consequences therein of standing firm on our constitution with specificity in the 10th amendment, Malcolm, this country will be as great as it's ever been if we just get a hold of this truth. Yeah. Well, I've seen in recent times, Mark, uh, that uh, some of the egregious things that are happened in our country and where we find ourselves now as a nation, when you see the current administration and the approval ratings are sinking to the low 30s. And someone said to me the other day, are they that high in 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 the low 30s? Like really, even like who would those low? Who would those thirty be? Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, that's the way it was framed to me. This was really said, and I, I thought, well, yes, it is, because there are those always who are listening to a lot of the media outlets and the social media, and who you know sometimes believe that have uh, that. Um, that it's a family thing. If you were raised a Democrat or raised a Republican, you're supposed to be a Democrat or Republican because your great grandfather was that way, your grandmother or whatever, you know, which is very silly on its face. Uh, but it, it, it does stand the reason why a lot of people never lose that D or that R. It's a religion to them, Mark. It's a religion. And they don't want to, you know, lose that. To me, I, I, I really don't care about the D and the R at all. I, I care more about being honorable to our constitution, to our nation as a patriot, as a framer, as a conservative. You can, whatever, D, R, I, doesn't really matter to me, specifically the party. The party is just a tool uh, to help you, again, collect the thoughts and push an agenda forward is all it is, um, pretty much. Now, Within all of this, uh, one of the interesting uh, lines I've seen in some of your context or write-ins that I, I thought really was a head-scratcher to me. I started really, truly, I think people will relate to it when I put it out there. And I'd like to speak about it for a moment here. Uh, and then I want to move to the issues in the agenda. And we'll use the framework of states' rights and build on this conversation. But you said something that I think was just a total head scratch, I think. You say America may be one of the only countries where protesters advocate for less rights. I started to think about that, and I thought... Wow, boy, that is really accurate. Uh, Whereas there are people that they want to be back to the kids and the parent. They almost want to go down this reckless road and they're begging the the feds. They they want mommy. They want the feds to become mommy and daddy uh, rather than the other way around, as you say. But that statement, Mark, America may be one of the only countries where and think about that for all the countries in our planet here on Earth. And I think you have a hell of a point here where protesters are advocating for less rights. Have we had so much here? Have we become so, you know, uh, believability, believable in our, in our own uh, filth that we somehow, uh, there's a good part of us who want less rights and we want to be led? I mean, because that's a cancer in right now in our country. Uh, explain that statement and what do you think about that? Well, it, it is, um, and I, I fear that the statement is becoming more and more true because what happens is in this country, we've had this uh, propaganda and driven around so much. So it's almost a brainwashing by the media that sort of gets us to the place where we don't know how to work for food. We don't know how to self-govern anymore. So we actually begin to switch the mindset out and say, well, maybe I'm not supposed to do that. And we start begging and protesting for the government to do more. 
And as the government does more, they become more controlled. And our rights, this is important, our rights then get switched almost overnight. Instead of rights, we have privileges, right? Wow. Privileges. wow. So think about this. If we use the first analogy where the states are the parents and the government is the children, okay. the government, the federal government has privileges. And Article 1, Section 8, they have 18 privileges. But when you flip it around and the federal government becomes this parent in this parent-child relationship, all of a sudden now the child is giving the citizenry, read the people that should be the parents, privileges. And we are dangerously close closing in on that. And this is why it's so curious to me, because you look at other countries, we see what happens when we have tyranny. The people are crying out, Malcolm. They're, they're on the streets. They're crying out, wanting these things back that we are trying to give away. And what a tragedy it is. And I really hope that we can grasp the magnitude of this and allow our brains and our hearts, and maybe our souls to be opened up again to truth. Wow. I have to tell you what, that was worth the price of admission right there. Right there was worth the price of admission to having Dr. Mark Sherwood here because what he just said was absolutely brilliant. And I hadn't heard it ever put that way, but think about that, please. Think about that. That our rights are becoming privileges. That's, that's the cancer in all this, friends. That's the crux of this debate, this argument. Think about that. Our rights are becoming privileges. See, this is the unraveling. And the, the glue is coming off here of our nation because our rights are all the way back to our framers and what made this country so remarkably amazing was the fact that we, the people, this was our deal. We, we ran the thing. We fought for that. Our ancestors, they put it all on the line. Many sacrificed their lives for the rights that we have right now that are not privileges, people. And that is the crux of this that, wow, that Dr. Mark Sherwood nails right there. It's part of the cancer where our rights are becoming privileges. And a lot of people are believing that right now. They're believing that those rights are privileges from the federal government and they're not rights from God Almighty as a Judeo-Christian nation. That was where we started this exercise, this experiment. And we've lost that. I have to tell you, 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 you just, the breakdown of what we just talked about here is significant, really, really significant. The fact of the importance of this 10th Amendment, the, 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 the part of pushing back on the runaway big government train, big, big federal government that is partnering with technology and partnering with the social media oligarchs and partnering with the media networks and partnering to take over our lives. And that's clearly happening. And everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. A lot of people are just not willing to admit what is obvious to many of us. And because they see the federal government as mom and dad, they don't see it as the child that Dr. Mark Sherwood pointed out. He's so right. 
This is so important today, what we're speaking about here, my fellow Americans. I, because if we can fix this, we can fix so many other things that will fall under this. Just think about that. If we could get this 10th Amendment down right and hold the federal government to the point of, because so much they're doing is illegal. It's unconstitutional. My friends, I could sit here for days and weeks and not go through the entire list with you of how many laws they've broken and how much, uh, the, the, uh, how damaging they've been to our constitution, to our Bill of Rights, to our origins as a nation. You, you realize that? I mean, it's massive. It's massive in nature. So that statement that Mark had out there, America may be one of the only countries where the protesters advocate for less rights. You have all these other people on the planet here that are just wanting a little bit about what America is. How many people are fighting to get into America every day? I mean, they're coming in by the droves. Everybody wants to be in America because it's where the people own the establishment, not the other way around, supposedly. Well, that's the way it is, but it's not the way we're headed. And all these people want to be part of that experiment, right? Think about that. So that's why so many other people on planet Earth are trying to get to these United States of America. And illegal or legal and immigration as a whole is a whole conversation and debate, which we talk about often. But there's part of the reason, you know, all these people are not trying to get into China or Russia or any other place for that matter that I know. of. You see, maybe Tahiti, I don't know. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, where you're going to put your roots down and live. And it is America where people want to get to. And so there's a lot to say about what we're talking about right now. We are talking to Dr. Mark Sherwood today on The Voice of a Nation and just an absolute thrill to have this kind of a conversation. Now, here's what I, let me put the framework down so we'll take advantage of the rest of our time in just a moment. We'll, we'll uh, regroup with him and talk about, and there are some terrific things on his site and I'm gonna give you his website now because you'll wanna know a lot more about Mark. Uh, he's, uh, I think, going to be in the future public space in some capacity, uh, in whatever capacity it is in the years ahead. Uh, but his uh, uh, website where you can get a whole lot of information is Sherwood, S-H-E-R-W-O-O-D, 2022.com. Uh, and if you go to slash forward slash issues, it's a really worthwhile visit because you'll get a lot of the things that we're going to talk about right now. I'm going to do a round robin with uh, Mark in just a moment here. And we'll come through a lot of these and get his opinion on why these things are right or wrong for our nation right now. Okay, so we'll do that in just a moment there. And let me bring you all back to the point of living the good life, living the good life. It's what I talk about all the time on America Out Loud is what we're all about, right? Liberty and justice for all. But you do that, friends, by having a, a healthy immune system. And that's what we're all about here is having the best quality life you can have. And the way to do that, friends, is Healthy Cell. I love this product. They've been with me for over four years now. And there's a reason I talked about it, why you hear so many great hosts on our network, including the, the, the wonderful Dr. Peter McCullough talk about healthy cell death, but you hear it on Paul Engel, the constitution study, you hear it on after doc, Rob and Andrew, so many other great shows. Healthy cell is a fantastic product uh, that helps our immune system. It comes in a micro gel. You can take it right out of the package, put it in a little bit of water if you like. You can put it on yogurt, put it on ice cream if you want. Doesn't matter, just get it into your system. 
Beautiful thing about a microgel is the absorbent part of those nutrients get into our body immediately on impact. Whereas pills, you lose a lot of that. That's the problem with a lot of this. Now, product I want to point out, immune super boost. Everybody, if you're not taking immune super boost, don't let today expire before you get the product, the microgel. Uh, this is something you need to have. It's got vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc, echinacea extract, elderberry extract. It's loaded with nutrients that'll help you out and get you on your way. All our listeners get 20% off that first order. You use the code out loud is what you do to get that. And right now, today, as we get onto the program here, I want to share with you something that was just put on my lap just moments before coming live with you today. And so you're hearing this for the first time. And um, that is, if you use the code, as I understand it, America 50, America 50, for this particular case here, you will now get this incentive. And I, know, I don't know how long this will go on for. So as you're hearing this today on the Voice of a Nation, America 50, in celebration of Independence Day in our nation, Healthy Cell will, for the first time, give 50% off immune super boost. That is a wow. This was just put on my desk moments ago before coming live with you. So that's I'm just reading you what I have in front of me. America 50, 50% off immune super boost. I'm guessing the website is set up for that. So if you go to healthycell.com forward slash out loud, that's how you do it. Use the America 50. I assume they have a setup to get you that 50% off. If that doesn't work for you, flag me back here at the network. But it should work for you from everything I've just seen. And that's how you get that for Immune Super Boost. So get that for yourself for sure. There's a whole host of products and great things there at Healthy Cell. And we're going to leave it right there. But check that out and uh, have a healthy immune system. And that will help you fight any virus, pathogen, superbug, SARS-CoV-2, you name it, friends. HealthyCell.com forward slash out loud or click the banner ad back at America Out Loud. We'll take a quick pause here. We'll return with Dr. Mark Sherwood in just a moment. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Listen to Malcolm, The Voice of a Nation on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Each of us is born with 30 trillion cells that make us. These cells determine how we feel, perform, sleep, focus, and how long we live. And to live our best life, all we have to do is feed our cells. But most food and supplements don't reach our cells, keeping us from reaching our full potential. Make every cell count with Healthy Cell. Founded with a mission to empower people to take control of their own health at the most fundamental level, Dr. Vincent Jampapa, world-renowned cell researcher and medical doctor, created supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. And that's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L. And use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. It's summertime. Ready for your vacation to the beach, the lake, or the mountains? But what about your accommodations? Ever wonder what germs were left behind by the previous guests? Kathy G. from Tulsa says the Genesis Fogger gives her peace of mind and confidence when traveling. With Genesis, she knows that the air and surfaces in her vacation rental are free of bacteria and viruses left behind by the previous occupants. 
Visit genesisfolger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Folger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Surely if you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. So you can listen in on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to the voice of a nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and a privilege as always to be with you. And thank you for being on the mission with us at America Out Loud. Go to AmericaOutloud.com and share the out loud truth. You'll find all kinds of stories and columnists and write-ins with all today's news. And you'll find great podcasts and videos to watch. And it's a place people hang for a while. It's comfortable. You can take your shoes off and stay a while. Uh, We are thrilled and privileged today to be talking to Dr. Mark Sherwood. Again, to remind you all, he's a Christian conservative running for governor in the great state of Oklahoma. I always loved Oklahoma. You know, Mark, I've never spent any time there specifically. I got to get out there because I always hear beautiful things. There's wonderful people. What is it about Oklahomans? Let me ask you that, Mark. What is it about Oklahomans that make them such unique? Because I always think about those people. It's that sort of um, the values they have. What, what is it that makes those folks so unique, so different? Well, I think it's a mixture of the incredible uh, melting pot that is of a lot of congruency here. You know, we have uh, 39 uh, Native American tribes in Oklahoma. We have um, other folks that have kind of came here. It's it's a it's almost this unique blend of these multi cultures, multi nations within one that worked. It is extremely conservative as a as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of you know God fearing, God honoring patriots that understand principles such as hard work, such as showing up on time, such as paying your bills on time. And believe it or not, they'll still stop and help you if you have a flat tire. I mean, these values are unique uh, to Oklahoma, and we're proud to uh, be called Oklahoma residents. Yeah. Well, I love the diversity that you just spoke about right now. It's one of the beautiful things I love about our country, which I think has become a lost uh, deal today. Uh, They use the diversity to separate the people, Mark, rather than to celebrate our diversity. There's whole claims of racism and claims of, uh, you know, uh, trying to divide the people, which is what the political class do. I believe it's our strength. Our diverse nation is what I love about America. We all don't look the same, act the same, be the same. We're just different. And surely Malcolm Out Loud thrives on different. I love everything about that. So I love the diversity of America and surely the diversity of Oklahoma and the way you say it. I want to come through a bunch of issues right now and do a round robin with you here um, so so we don't get lost because you have some great stuff on your site uh, on Sherwood. 2022.com. Let's start with election integrity. This was so important coming through, well, 2016 and 2020, as the light started to come on and we've seen that eh, not everything was up and up. And uh, the COVID thing, of course, create a, a fertile uh, grounds there for a lot of uh, um, suspect, uh, I guess be the best way I put it here, of things to go on that left us a little uncomfortable. Talk about election integrity, Mark, please. 
yeah, there's three groups of people really across our country that would fall into this groups. One is a group that says, I don't believe there was any fraud in elections. A group that says, I really don't know either way, but I'm curious. Then a group that says there definitely is. Well, those need to come together. And I have been very vocal about this, Malcolm, and the idea that we have got to return to the idea of bringing those groups right there, those three groups together to ensure that we do have fair and impartial elections. Because if we lose that, look, we lose the ability to have the republic the way it is because we're not able to put the right people in there and uh, uh, based on the vote. And so I, I like the idea of going back to even paper ballots, counting uh, with hands, you know, leaving the uh, the sheriffs, deputies in the various counties and making it an evidentiary issue, having cameras on it, using electronics that way, as opposed to the counting process. It may take longer, but that way we can at least ensure accuracy and integrity. Awesome. All right. Let's come right through now. Uh, you, One of the other pointed pieces you have, which this is very personal to a lot of people, no mandatory mask, vaccines, vaccine passports or lockdowns. Uh, is, is This has got to be pretty popular in Oklahoma, but this has been a real problem in our country as they've tried to seize control. Um, talk about that. Well, everybody has earned the right based upon our rights, as we talked about <clears throat> earlier, the idea of telling somebody you have to have a vaccine or, or put a mask on to obtain medical care, obtain and maintain a job or even seek an education is utterly ridiculous. That does not line up with our constitution. And I believe wholeheartedly that this does violate those rights that are given to us by God as described in the constitution. And this is, goes back again to the state sovereignty issues the governors could push back and say, absolutely not. And there should have been no lockdowns, no mandates put on people. If people want to get a vaccine, Malcolm, they can. If they don't, they can't. We've earned the right to assess our own risk. Like when we go out in traffic and drive our car, we make a calculated probability assessment on turning left across traffic. Everybody deserves the right to assess their own risk with life. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, the um, I've often wondered why, uh, when you just mentioned states, why in, we talked about the GOP, we talked about you know uh, DeSantis, but when things started to become so unraveled, Mark, in the past many many months, over these past uh, surely couple of years, um, maybe two or three years since the whole COVID exercise and all of that we've started to lose a lot of rights. Um, like you say, it was almost became a privilege even to be able to breathe uh, because they were forcing masks on you and forcing vax mandates and all kinds of things. And, and what was our right to breathe became sort of even a privilege if you were lucky, not, not for me, because I didn't, I didn't do the mask thing. I just didn't partake in those restaurants and those places who demanded it. I said, well, you're not going to get my business and li literally left many places because of that point. Even to wear it to walk to my table, I was not going to partake in. I left those places immediately. So you will not earn my business and you will not tell me what to wear or not to wear. But yet those are, is a perfect case to what you talked about earlier, rights versus privileges. 
Why don't, and I thought about this often, as we started to lose more and more and more of our rights, and we became unglued, Mark, over these past couple, three years, I started to think a bit more, back to that 10th Amendment, but I, I wondered, where's the tipping point on all this? When the hell do our supposed governorships and our states and our leaders step up and say, whoa, 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 you people are out of control. Why didn't more of these cats get together, these governors, and really put up a block? Because the GOP could have done that. They could have done that with a, with a bulk of states. I mean, they may not have gotten every one, but hell, they'd have gotten most of them. Why didn't they meet in a private room so way and push it? Because the federal government, had they got on their face mark and said, you people, you will sit down and listen to us, feds. That would have been, that would have been a moment. That would have been a revolutionary moment. Talk about that. Well, I think there's a couple of things that went on during those times. I think a lot of um, money was exchanged hands. We just print more money. That's kind of what we do in America, right? Even though right. we're in trillions of dollars of debt, we we print more money and throw it to the states and the states take it. Therein lies a huge problem with this overlying theme right here, Malcolm. When the, I go back to our children parent analogy, when the child's out there printing money and bringing it back home to mom and dad, you almost become controlled by that. And I think therein lies the crux of why they didn't step up um, and come back and say no. And when you allow that to go on so long, there becomes a dependency upon that. And you forget what it's like to be independent of that. And I think we've lost that along the way. I mean, can a state exist independent of federal government funds? I believe the answer is of course they can. But a lot of people would look at that and go, what? I can't imagine that. You've lost your mind. But I encourage people to go back with the vision of the founders that says, yes, we are these independent states that are sovereign in nature. We have a loose agreement here. And that's why the proper terminology should be these United States. I love it. I always refer that way as well. I, I love what you say there. And when you say we, we sort of think about that, what, what Mark says there, guys, um, we sort of have a loose agreement here. <laughs> that sums it up really well, Mark, a loose agreement. And if you don't watch your step, that agreement will be pulled out from under you here. Uh, I wonder, boy, I'll tell you. Uh, oh, wow, it's remarkable. The next item you have in here, this is, a, I want to get this in, this is a couple of big ones here. Stop federal assault on oil and gas. By golly, the, the, the war on our energy in our country, nothing like we've ever seen in our lifetimes right now. And I got to tell you what, Mark, it has got the attention of everybody. Doesn't matter if you're a D and R and I, even a C. Uh, they all know right now our energy is under assault. Uh, what do you say about that? What do we do? We slowly transcended over the last couple of years, didn't we, from being energy independent to energy yeah. dependent and to think the common sense thing. Why would anyone do business with a country that wants to cut your throat? That makes no sense to me. We as Americans need to bond together and become once again energy independent. We have plenty of oil here, plenty of resources here. We need to use those and quit putting people into office that have more of a globalist mentality than an American mentality. Yeah, and people can see it. They see the globalists are on the move there. What do you think? Uh, you got the abolish abortion uh, yeah, on your issues, but this is, um, you know, with Roe v. Wade, uh, first of all, uh, do you, um, uh, 
uh, how do you see these next many weeks, these next many months playing out with the left back to states' rights? Does this uh, battle uh, calm down a bit or do you see it being really ramped up as appears to be happening now? Well, to put the answer I'm going to give in context, we had it wrong for 49 and a half years because what the rule was way back when it was constitutionally out of bounds and they just made that right. Okay. So having said that, the leftist, or let me put it like this, evil tasted blood. And when evil tastes blood, blood actually fuels life of evil. And we saw that. I see the next several months being incredibly rough in our country. Going back to the states, I think some states will and have uh, banned or at least limit extensively abortion, but you're going to see other states increase it. You're going to see states and taxpayer money be used to fly people from one state to the other, and my suspicion is that this is not over by a long shot, but this is just the tipping point of a battle that's much, much bigger, creating a wedge amongst people across this country in these United States, which will not be united much longer. Uh, wow. I mean, that, that's my concern, what you say right there. Um, and I think it's going to continue to be used as an issue in the way that you put out there. Second Amendment, we had two things happen. We had the uh, number one, the right to carry, uh, the Supreme Court ruled, and then we had the legislation, as you know, the uh, president signed in. Uh, how does this all work out for you? Are you uh, I mean, there's some highs and some lows with this one. Uh, what do you think? Well, this is important. Again, going back to my statement earlier, Article 1, Section 8. Uh, Congress doesn't have any authority to regulate this um, Second Amendment because the Second Amendment, as you noted earlier, is super important and it shall not be infringed. Anytime they infringe that, that makes their laws, which they passed, unconstitutional. Therefore, the states have the authority and believe me, I believe it's the right and the duty to nullify those things. And so you're going to have a smattering of states that are going to accept that. They're going to take that federal money that's, let's just call it coercion money or bribery money to do whatever. And then you're going to have some states push back and say, no, 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 no. We are a Second Amendment st uh, sanctuary state. We don't want your money. We don't care about those rules. We're good. Yeah. Dr. Mark Sherwood, you are a terrific voice uh, and uh, part of uh, what I think is the glue that will uh, Americans like yourself who will help lead our country forward. Uh, thank you for your service. Thank you for your vision and for stepping up, especially at this dire hour, sir. You're welcome. And hopefully this will inspire a few people to step up as well. I'm not the lone voice crying in the wilderness. I'm just a rallying cry for the troops. Yeah, you are indeed. I mean, your service and, and all that you have done to our nation uh, is, is noted here and uh, remarkable at that. A, a terrific career in law enforcement uh, that has spanned over a couple of decades, uh, friends here. Uh, the site again to check out all the issues and more about Mark Shearwood is Shearwood2022.com. Uh, check it out. It's it, This is a voice that we need. You, you hear the great conversation we just had about the framework of the 10th Amendment, but all of the issues that are so near and dear and important to us. And I love the context of what Mark said about privileges versus rights. Our rights are not privileges, people. They, they are our rights as human beings and in a God-loving country uh, in this beautiful nation uh, called these United States of America here. 
friends, thank you for being on the mission here on America Out Loud. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.